0: You're wearing a sweater that was selected for you by the people in this room from a pile of stuff.
1: Give me a full ballerina skirt and a hint of saloon and I'm on board.
0: I can't go back. Welcome to the She Became Visible podcast. I'm your host, Renee Steelman. This podcast is my story. It's your story. It's our story. It's all the stories of all the women who one day knew that it was time to remember who they were, who they are, and stand up and be seen. Welcome to She Became Visible. I am your host, Renee Steelman. I have a wonderful guest today that I have the most amazing um, story of how we connected. So I am going to tell you a little bit about how I met Terrell, and then I'm going to have her share her story. You know, one of the things about um, my theme, She Became Visible, is that I'm really looking for women who have maybe had to fight a little bit for their for their recognition of who they are and, and, and their worth and what they have to do. And I don't think I've ever had a better example than Terrell. Uh, what she's gone through, what her life has given her and how she's handled it, and um, what she's had to do to stand up and say, this is me, here I am. Like it or not, <laughs> I'm coming through. And I love that. That's kind of the theme of our of our podcast. So, I met Terrell through an, a, uh, a dealership. She was in the process of looking to purchase a vehicle. Now, this wasn't just any vehicle. She is uh, depends on a wheelchair. She also has a daughter that depends on a wheelchair. And so she was looking for a vehicle that would accommodate two wheelchairs. And she would be able to provide transportation for her daughter and for herself. And that is not an easy task. So I got a call from the dealership asking, if my foundation could be of service. And when I found out about what and who Terrell is, I was jumping over anything to be able to um, help this mom. So that's how I met her. I actually, we didn't meet in person until we delivered the van. And uh, that was amazing. She had some friends that were there and her daughter was there and they were especially her daughter, was so thrilled to put that ramp down, roll into that car, and then mom had to roll into the car and get all the straps settled in, and they pulled out of that driveway, and that was their independence, and it was amazing. So let me introduce Terrell to you, and I appreciate that she is taking time out of her busy day. Um, As all moms, she is busy doing mom stuff, even though her daughter, now she graduated last year or is she a senior this year? Well, she graduated last
1: year and now she's in the post-high program.
0: Okay. All right. All right. So, so we'll talk about that. Years. Oh yeah. Cause they can stay till they're 21, which is yeah. fabulous program. Um, yeah. and so she, but her daughter was involved in track, which is so amazing because I'll let Terrell explain what her disabilities are, but you know, like any mom that has kids that are involved in extracurricular activities, you kind of live in your car and she did live in her car and thank heavens she had an accessible vehicle that allowed her to do that. So, we'll talk about that even more, but the main thing is I want Terrell to talk about her life. She hasn't always depended on a wheelchair. That that wasn't her experience as a youth and so I want her to tell that story. So, Terrell, thank you so much for what's the weather like in Oregon? Uh,
1: snowy. Oh, and uh, actually, it's up to thirty degrees, so we are celebrating. Wow! Oh, a heat wave. A heat okay. wave people were talking about they're out in their sandals with no socks today. So, <laughs> so
0: of course, it's it's Portland. Uh, sandals and, and socks. That's right. the. I am up
1: by Mount Hood, so we get the beautiful snow oh. off the mountain and the snow that comes in. So we, it's gorgeous. Yeah, I love the snow.
0: Yeah, and by we're going to we talk. Pardon? Uh, I was going to say, we're going to talk, um, hold on. I just got to push this recording we go. in progress. Uh, we're going to talk about the, where you're located. Uh, Terrell happens to be located, uh, where they had, uh, evacuation orders for the uh, summer fires that were going on pretty scary. And, um, she's going to talk a little bit about that, but yeah, she lives near Mount hood, Oregon. And, um, which is an absolutely beautiful, I, my husband and I were talking because, Uh, I was saying how um, I don't think there was ever a time that I drove home from Mount hood where I didn't look out at that Columbia gorge and just go, this is the most beautiful place on earth. It's so beautiful. It's uh, never gets old, Ever never gets old. Never gets old. No. And it's sad though, because it kind of ruins like when we were in Italy, you know, people are looking outside the window of the tour bus and I was like, nah, it's all right. Have you been to the (laughs) gorge? You know, (laughs) you get a little bite. You
1: go to the grand Canyon and go,
0: yeah. Yeah, yeah, (laughs) I know. Oregon ruins it for for, uh, sightseeing. But anyway, Terrell, thank you so much. I want to start out by you telling your story of how you went from an active, uh, actual physical therapist, you were helping other people get back from where they were to depending on a wheelchair yourself. So start us out on your journey.
1: You know, I I grew up in an amazing home. Um, I had there was four biological kids, and then we had a bunch of bonus kids. We had five bonus kids, and then my parents took in foster kids. And, I mean, there was always room for one more in our house. And I was involved in sports. I was playing baseball before girls were allowed to play baseball. So, kicked out of that one. Got moved over to, when they started girls softball, it was amazing. Started volleyball in high school. It was a walk-on. Went to junior Olympics in volleyball and in track. And doing the javelin and track and the shot put and track, which I was five foot two and a hundred pounds of nothing, but I loved it. It was just it was free. It was something I loved. Went to college. Um, I that's really where I got a chance to do the bigger community service. Community service has always been close to me. Special needs kids. Our grade school had the first kids with disabilities in the Portland schools. It was an experimental program, and. They had, deaf, they had the deaf kids, and we were in a portable. And the building room next to us was the deaf kids, and they became my best friends. Mm. That was just all I wanted to hang out with because I did have a bonus sister who was deaf, mm. but she was in a private school. But I got to know these kids, and it really, it really drove something in me I wanted that's what I wanted to work with. That's where I wanted to be. Mm. Went to college thinking I was going to be a medical missionary, go overseas. I wanted to travel because I my mom's retired from the airlines. I have the travel wow. bug in me. I wanted to travel, but when I was in college, we went to different places in the United States to help with mission trips. And I knew my calling was not overseas. Mm. And in some ways it broke my heart because that was my desire rather than my calling. Mm. But once we got to do more, it was, I left college. I went to Kentucky, worked with um, kids with brain injury. And and that was when autism was first being researched um, that were deaf. Mm -hmm. And we actually had one little boy that wasn't deaf but he was, did not respond to sound or anything. Everything worked fine, hmm. but it was just part of his autism. And it was a chance to do research, to spend time with them. And that just made it even deeper to me mm-hmm. of this is where I need to be. This is, this is where I'm called to be. Um, came back out to Oregon. And then I, and I was, yeah, i had been playing volleyball. i had been playing everything very athletic. I'd been hiking, spelunking, you name it. I love the outdoors. Came home, um, began working in a school out here and was exposed to meningitis of all things. Okay, The injection they gave me because we still hadn't figured out I knew they we knew I had some illness. We didn't know what it was. I would rash all the time. We didn't know what it was. I got the injection and I went into anaphylactic reaction um, proceeded from that into a coma. Um, came out of that with the left side of my body paralyzed. I was like in my heart, I remember first saying, okay, Lord, why this? I mean, I'm doing what I love. And then right. part of me hit me. was like, wait a minute, I'm doing what I love.
0: Mm. And it was
1: like, wow, get me where you need me to be. Get me. And I was I got back up on my feet on crutches. Um, and then uh, right after our honeymoon, took a four wheeler off a cliff that landed on my back and punctured T4. Um, and so then I was back in the chair. I got back up on crutches and I was working in physical therapy, and I was working with a complex patient. My I preferred the elderly complex. Mm. I wanted Peds, but my calling God showed me that elderly are kind of like working with Peds, but you don't have their it's adult true. their parents to mess with. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> so, but it but it was such a blessing to work with these people. I met amazing people, and I chose the complex cases because I've always been a champion for the underdog. Mm. And I was working with a woman who was, um, mid-stage Alzheimer's schizophrenic with a fractured hip. Oh. She got startled and she threw me backwards and separated my skull from my spine. Um, thankfully I was in a medical center at the time because I didn't have, if they put a collar on me, I would, couldn't have survived, but oh. being in a medical center, they didn't have to, oh. it was one of those God things. He had me or needed me for this to happen oh. to get me on the track of what I needed to do. Mm-hmm. Um, it was a blessing in a lot of ways because I worked with kids in wheelchairs to give, I started a group called Winners on Wheels of Oregon for, did it for 20 years of letting them see that life doesn't stop on wheels. Life on wheels is where you're free. Right. He goes as fast as you want, as far as you want. The only thing that'll stop you is stairs. Mm-hmm. And the thing is, if you're creative enough, you can usually get around them. And I wanted them to never quit. It's not about how fast you get there. It's about getting there. And the, the it's the journey, not the destination. Right. And it, it gave me a lot of purpose to spend time with those kids. And it was meeting what I really felt was my calling. I still wanted to go. I still had this draw to go to the mission field, but I finally realized that that was my mission field. That's where God wanted me. was with the disabilities. Um, But for now at that time, I, (laughs) I had my wheelchair and I did not have a modified van. I was taking my chair apart and putting it in, putting all the equipment in for the organization. And it was a lot of work. Right. Uh, but it was worth it. Those kids were so worth it. Everything I did was worth it. Mm-hmm. I, I love life. I just love life. Uh, fast forward 2002. I've been trying to adopt through the state of Oregon, which we got the law changed. So I'm happy for that. So when was the there,
0: Linda, you ripped it. Was there a law that prevented people that had disabilities from adopting? Yes.
1: In Oregon, you could not adopt if you were in a wheelchair because you were more prone to abuse. Oh, my It was my an gosh. old thing out of the 40s, 50s. Right, right. It, they, people with disabilities, what they looked at was the ones that were in the the mental asylums and things. Okay. Rather than seeing that if you used a wheelchair, that didn't stop you from being a good parent. Right, right. Um, and in Oregon, you could not adopt if you were in a wheelchair, and this was in 84.
0: Oh, my so, gosh. Isn't that amazing? Uh, That's, in, I mean, th- whenever we give timelines and dates for changes that have been made, it, it, like in the last 50 years, uh, it yeah. blows my mind. And I think it's always, I love to tell the youth <laughs> about this. It's like, you realize that your mother was not uh, allowed to do blah, blah, blah. Yeah. It, it, it's just 84. Yeah. That's amazing. Okay. You had to wear dresses to school. Well, I now. do remember that. Yeah. yeah. Even in Chicago, I grew up, you know, we had to yeah. wear a dress to school. Yeah. So Yeah. Well, uh, and access
1: is, been, is so delayed. It's when I went to college to get my degree. It took me an extra four years because I had one class to take. That class was in a building with no access. And the teacher at that time was not required to move the class to where it was accessible. Right. It wasn't until 1998 that they were required to move the class. So how did you get around that? I had to do, I didn't get my degree. I couldn't, I had to oh, wait. Okay. So I could keep that there was no other way to get it unless I went to another school, but they wouldn't accept all the credits transferring. You know, and it was just like, it's one class. So I just didn't stay silent. Yeah, I just right. kept nagging them. I kept, I sat out in front of the building when people would go in and say, you're going into a class, they will let me in. Why not? Why don't you ask them? And I kept pushing people just start the conversation, start the conversation. And um, the rules change now they have to accommodate and they have to either put access or move it, which people don't realize that really didn't come into effect until
0: close to 2000. And you know what? I love exactly what you said. I didn't stop complaining. I didn't stop making it known. I kept being that little grain of salt or that little tiny pebble that's in your shoe because that's the only way things get changed. And that's the interesting thing about when people are told to just be patient or kind or wait. It's like, those aren't the people that make the changes. And because of people like you that are like, yeah, I'm going to keep talking about this, that things get changed. But yeah. That's amazing. Well, I and mean, you have to, but you can't,
1: if you go in like a bowl in a China shop, yes. you're going to put up a ball. That's right. You have to yeah. with kindness. And it's no. like, I would, I would show up and send a box of cookies into the teacher. Hey, have no. these in class. I showed up a coffee for the teacher. Hey, I can't get him. You take this coffee to the teacher. Just
0: brilliant.
1: That's brilliant. Yeah. yeah. It eventually got the teacher to have a conversation with me. Oh. Because I wasn't going away.
0: Right, right. I was going to be there. And That's the
1: key. I think is, I didn't want them to be, well, I'm doing this because I have to. Right. I wanted them to be, you know what? It's a benefit to all of us if I do this.
0: Right. You know,
1: I, I look at that and how much things like that have impacted my child. If somebody hadn't done that with school
0: districts, mm-hmm. my child couldn't have gone to our community school. Right. Yeah. The whole inclusion program of schools is very recent. And, and it's,
1: uh, people don't understand the impact of my child may not be able to learn everything they're learning. Mm-hmm. But I guarantee those kids in the classroom with her have learned more than my child ever will. That's exactly right. they've learned compassion. They've learned advocacy. Mm-hmm. You know, kids, when um, they had a fire in the building and the first thing the kids did, number one, they all sent me a text to let me know that they had bright and she was okay. Oh. I mean, they took her in and watched out for her mm-hmm. because the teachers are dealing with everybody in the right. building. and. Right. The students have learned to advocate, and I've watched their younger siblings with kids in wheelchairs now advocating on the playground for, hey, he can't get over here. Right. Can we put something? I watched kids lay out boards so a kid could get where they were going to put. And this was at a school because they're older siblings. Right. And and,
0: it's and so they did that on their right? own. It wasn't a program. It wasn't a class. It wasn't a, a, a you know, a, they didn't bring in a, a special speaker for a, for an assembly. You know, they they experienced her just being mm-hmm. there. Yeah. Just the, the kids
1: came together. My daughter was being denied access to outdoor school. Mm. Our oh. district had always gone to an accessible camp. Right. Well, they decided that her year of outdoor school, they would go to a different one. The only one in the state of Oregon that's not wheelchair accessible. Oh, okay. <laughs> and you know, they offered me an alternative and I said no. And I threw them back my suggestion on how we were going to not make them move that camp. Right. They had that camp. But we're going to accommodate, and this is how you're going to do it. And I, okay, we couldn't stay there. They're going to pay for us to stay in the hotel closest there. They're going to pay my mileage. They're renting us an ATV so I can drive her around. at the camp. And I wasn't going to let her out. And the interesting part was the kids in her class were all saying, we don't want to go to that camp if she can't go because she deserves to go with us. Aww. And they weren't saying, you know, you guys are bad or anything, but everybody right. was saying the same thing of we want to be together. We want to be together. We're all together and it's a bonding time and we want her. And I love that they became her advocates right? because I'm not going to forever be here. No. He's those advocates. And they're going to go out into the business world and become advocates.
0: Oh, that's such a great point that, yeah, they become adults. They have children. They're going to be the ones making rules and laws. And, uh, and that, that will be, that's how the world will change. And they're the ones who are going to go into a business and say, Hey, you know, there's two steps to get in here. Right. Right so to go go to back a- and talk about so you, so the so Oregon didn't have a adoption uh, friendly rules and so go fin- go back to that story so
1: um we were trying to get a little girl it everything fell through it was kind of an odd case doing through private and it was just like just praying you know god what do you, where's the child for us cuz being a mom was like my dream occupation people right. said what do you want to be i want to be a mom then i wanted to be a medical missionary then I, you know it's like yeah. Mom came here, yeah. but it was mom was always my priority. Right. Mom was like to me the most powerful role you can have in the world. Right. And we got a phone call stating they had this little girl wasn't born yet, um, but she probably had uh, lethal campomelic dysplasia wouldn't live very long. But were we interested? Well, yeah, it's a child. Right. If right. they take one breath or if they take a million breaths, they deserve love in that time. Mm-hmm. Um, we applied, were accepted. And they called us the day she was born and said she's way more severe than we thought. Do you still want her? And I said, Well, you can't put her back, and I'm not going to give her back. Oh, so <laughs> right, exactly.
0: Return? Yeah, no. Yeah,
1: put her back where you got her. Back. Yeah, yeah. We um, flew back to get her. She was in the NICU for 108 days before she was stable enough to come home. And they kept calling and saying she's not going to survive. She's not going to survive. And they started on our experimental medication. They're like, Are you really okay with it? And we had to sign papers. They said if that this had a potential for giving her for in, within the next 50 years causing cancer. And I said, well, she's going to live six hours. She's going to live 50 years. If you give it to her and maybe
0: cancer and in 50 years, we might have a cure for cancer. So give it to her. Wow. Uh, so they acknowledged that what they could give her, which would help her survive would also possibly cause cancer. They acknowledged that. Yeah. That's amazing. That's a, whew, yeah.
1: Cause it's still an experimental drug. It hasn't been fully cleared. Okay. Okay. Then she's been on it. And the interesting part is, had she not been where she was so it's another God thing of she was born there because it was next to Yale. Yale was the only place in the world doing an experiment with kids with this medication.
0: Okay. Which give, give, uh, give our listeners the layman's description of her um, condition. Is it a genetic condition or what, how do they?
1: Uh, There's a uh, genetic mutation um, okay. that goes under the umbrella for uh, lethal osteogenesis imperfecta or brittle bone. Okay. Um, she's never been taken off the potentially lethal list because she's got so many things that she fights um, oh. so many organs that we fight so many if she goes more than 10 weeks without this medication her body her body just starts failing this medication is sustaining her nobody knows why
0: it's just so this same medication that they said look this is an experimental drug it could be lethal but we're going to give it to her she's still taking that 18 she's years still taking later it. Wow. Yeah. Thank heavens. Um,
1: and now more kids take it. It's done a lot different. It's still experimental. Yeah. Um, but it's been our miracle. Growth. Right. And everybody has a little different response, but okay. for us and God's gift to us because of where she was, had she been anywhere else? She could never have got it. She wouldn't have survived. Right. Uh, it's just, she's thriving. She has the rare oxygen, but yes, um, PFD, which is she also has PFD, which is her bones have like these holes in them. They just open a hole and it looks like ground glass in it.
0: Oh, wow.
1: And then they it's like um, you know the styrofoam peanuts things. Right, right. Every once in a while you hear it sounds like somebody stepped on one of those and it's the bone just explode. Whoa. That's And yeah, you, know, you just have to splinter and get her comfortable. And there's nothing that can be done. There's nothing because if you do
0: X-rays, it worsens it. Oh, <gasps> really? So, now, yeah. why is that? Is the procedure that, that you have to progresses do? It, and it's oh. another rare thing. So it's, and we know
1: that they can't splinter, they can't do anything, they can't do a cast, a cast, wait of a cast will break her bone. So I splinter at home, I've got the medication, I do everything. Unless I can't control pain,
0: then we yeah. go to the hospital. Right, right.
1: But I learned a long time ago, it wasn't worth putting her through all the tests to right. come home and do exactly what we would have done without it. Right. And it's an hour drive to the hospital, the mm-hmm. wait in the emergency room, exposed to all those. And because of her genetics, she has an interferon building block deficiency. Mm-hmm. She doesn't have a good immune system. Oh. Mm-hmm. So in an emergency room, she catches everything there. Right, right. Oh,
0: yeah. So, it's the worst place okay. you could be if you're sick, right? As they say, is yeah. the hospital. Yeah. Wow. So we keep them there. But she's she's a kid
1: that we were told, if she survived it was first, it was, it would be six hours and six days and six weeks and six months at the most. Mm. So I brought her home at 108 days old. They said she won't live past six months. Mm. So then every year on her birthday, I send that doctor a photo and an update of what she's done the last year.
0: That's <laughs> and do they respond? Does the doctor he, respond? He has. And he said, Aww. they never expected this. They no. said, they were just
1: she was in such bad shape and there was nothing they could do. And you know, at a year old, she was still only able to eat four months or four months, four ounces of formula. Wow. She was just so fragile, so weak, but she's thriving. Right. Um, Her bones are very deformed, but she was a freshman in high school and she was in the hospital actually, and very sick. And the doctor said, she's not going to pull through this one. Mm -hmm. And she looked at me and she said, mom, I'm going to get, I'm going to get better. If you'll let me do
0: track." Oh, I love her. She, she somehow got your fighting instinct there. She's like, oh yeah, let me tell you how this is going (laughs) to go.
1: It's like, she takes it to the channel. I said, if you want to do track, I'll make it happen. But she couldn't hardly push a manual chair without her arms breaking. So how she was going to do track, I don't know. Yes. But She got better enough that we got out of the hospital and I went to the school and I said to the track coach, and I said, here's the deal. And to the athletic director, two of them, I said, she wants to do track. Mm -hmm. We've never had a wheelchair athlete, even in our district. Much less at school. So she was the only kid in a wheelchair all through school. And then others have come in now. But we've never had a wheelchair athlete. So I said, now,
0: how are we going to do this? Yeah. Where where does she compete? How How do they put her in? Yeah, I was like, we're going to problem solve all this. And their okay. first question to her, like, what do
1: we do if she breaks? And I said, we split her, get her medicine and she can decide what if she needs to rest or go. Um, they kind of looked at me like it was really weird. Yeah. But I said, you know, this is her life. She's going to break laying in bed. She's going to break. Exactly. Watching TV at home. Yeah. yeah. So what do we want to do? Um, they did some phone calls around to the state to get the approval to have, which it's amazing. You have to get an approval to have a wheelchair athlete. Oh. Um, they called the venues where we competed to find out, is there wheelchair access when there wasn't, then they just changed and put us into a different meet. They made sure she could go. Wow.
0: Um,
1: I had to find a wheelchair. Um, and there was a, there's a guy down at world wheelchair sports in outside Eugene mm-hmm. that rents. Well, doesn't really rent you. It, he loans these kids, these chairs, racing chairs, and these are 3000 $4,000 chairs. Right. And he had a little tiny one that no one else fit into because she's so tiny that her arms couldn't reach the wheels. He had this little tiny tiny little one. Mm -hmm. It was still big on her, but she (sighs) could do it. Um, first time that she did the 60-yard dash just practicing, it took her four and a half minutes just to do that distance.
0: Wow. But she
1: didn't do it. I mean, the 60 yards is yeah, four and a half minutes is like really, but at the end of the season, she did it in thirty-four seconds. Oh my
0: gosh! Everybody
1: was blown away. Just okay.
0: Sean. So, in spite of her her bones, she developed strength. So, lungs, every every yep. cell in her body was strengthened by that aerobic activity and the and then just moving the wheels. Did she yep. ever break when she was when she was? She, yeah, we were at one meet, um, and what was fast, I love our district. We have the best district
1: in the Aww. United States because we would have a meet with all the schools, and the minute Brighton was going to race, everybody, every school stopped what they were doing, came to the sidelines and cheered for Oh She was the only weird show athlete. Kids were out there just cheering. For, I mean, everything came to a halt, and it was just, it was so good for her to see she mattered that much to them because then she was there cheering for every one of them, no matter what team they were on. But uh, she oh was
0: on a sixty. Didn't, you yard didn't tell me to clean. bring Kleenex to this oh. <laughs> dog. on it. That's amazing.
1: It, it it was beautiful. I've got a video of it, but it's not a good video because I'm shaking and crying so much. Right. Like, right. <laughs> right, It was just beautiful. But she got right at about forty yards, and I heard the snap, and her her thumb and her wrist broke. Wow. She quit pushing for a second. She readjusted so she could hit her forearm on the wheel, and she finished the race. And then she looked at me and she said, "Mom, I think we need a splint and X-ray pain medicine. Can I go home?" <laughs> <laughs> Two point three doses, stat. You know she's got it down right. <laughs> yeah, she got to the end, and that's all—that's oh. all she could get out before she burst into tears from pain. Oh. But she didn't quit, right. and it just—it crushed the, the coach. Just sat down on the sidelines when he heard it. He just didn't know what to do right. because he felt so helpless. Right. Well, yeah. and and then it was good for him that it happened. Right. Because he realized that big deal, little deal. Yeah. Which is it? Right. If we make it a big deal, she's going to be afraid she's never going to continue. Okay. If we make it a little deal, we handle it. She goes on. And that's how it, you have to realize it's a little thing. Mm-hmm. Yes, it's to others. It would be a big thing. Right. But it's a little thing because we can splint it, medicate, and then she can choose what to do next. And that power of choice is what makes a kid with a disability
0: thrive. Power you give of choice right there. And, and you know the other thing too, big deal, little deal. I love uh, I'm gonna have to embroider so many pillows now with all your statements. Um, but I think because of what you've gone through and your your journey that that you know ended where you are now, that's where you get the idea, oh, big deal, little deal. I know what's I know you know, this can be overcome. We can deal with this. this is this is life. We're gonna handle this. This might be a little bit um might have to stop and think about this one a little bit, but you have that, you've got that pendulum going in the right direction all the time because you've experienced that. And I think that's where the frustration is. And I've even found Terrell, and I think that's why you do what you do with your accessible vehicle is because, um, you understand the important, the important things and the, uh, the things that are like, eh, I can handle this because, you know, we have a nonprofit that, um, uh, that services children that are dependent on wheelchairs. We get applications all the time. And it's sometimes it's a little comical when people will put in an application and they'll say, you know, I have a three-year-old or I have a two-year-old and we need an accessible vehicle. And I'm kind of like, yeah, but you know what? They're still in a car seat and everybody who has a two-year-old has to bend over, pick them up out of their stroller, put them in a car seat, buckle it up. It's a pain. I know it's a pain, but everybody with a two-year-old has to do that. But they are so blown away from the, they never planned on having a child with a disability. They never planned. This was like something they never planned. They're not used to it. It's not part of their, you know, their paradigm. And so this to them is, uh, I'm done. I cannot go on living. This is the hor- most horriblest thing. And so it's it's kind of funny. I mean, our our guy was 13 before we got an accessible vehicle. I'm picking him up. I'm shoving pillows around him. I'm putting the wheelchair <laughs> in the back of the car. And so when you, you know, you get it, you're like, oh, yeah, okay, yeah, I, I, I need to do this now. But it puts it perspective. There needs to be a, let's put everything back in perspective. And yeah, you've got an amazing perspective. But so she, okay, so track, um is done or what is she doing now that she's in uh, this different Um, program?
1: So right now we've kind of been laying on track. She's had a really, 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 really rough year. I mean, Mm. she's had so many fractures and Mm. health wise. It's just, it's been one of those years where if it hadn't been for COVID, we would have had a lot more time in the hospital, but I refuse to put her in there. Oh yeah. That's Uh, scary. Because she's got oxygen at home now and things that we haven't had since she was six months old. Oh. Um, but just she struggled healthily. She wants to get back and doing the track. Mm-hmm. She wants to get, you know, she's um, qualified to go to, down to Angel City. Mm. Um, problem is they mandate the vaccine. And with her genetic oh, yeah. disorder, she can't right. have it. No. She doesn't build. She's had every one of her vaccines and she has zero titers. She does not build immunity to anything. Okay. And she's had chickenpox four times. Still has no immunity.
0: Yeah. Because like you say, her her immune issues are, are, uh, it's like, yeah, we're not doing that. Yeah. yeah.
1: So, you know, we've had to make that. And I let her make the choice because it's like everything in her life from the time she was small, she had a choice, even if it was homework. Okay. Do you want to do math first or reading first? Mm -hmm. It wasn't, do you want to do homework? Mm
0: -hmm.
1: Always a choice that both were a valid answer Mm -hmm. so that she knew that she had choices and didn't have to choose a bad one. And had some control over her life.
0: (laughs) Now, I I want you to mention, and obviously you talk about what you're comfortable talking about, but you've pretty much been a single mom for most of Brighton's life. Is that correct? Yeah. I I think that's important for people to understand that where does your support, I mean, your mom is out of this world, but yeah, what has been your best support system?
1: Uh, My sister is... Amazing. Absolutely amazing. But my community is this community we live in is so strong, but my faith is my number one support system. It is. That's the only thing there at 3 a.m. That's the only thing there at 2 a.m. You know, when you're sitting in, you know, waiting in the room while your kid's in surgery, that's what's there. Mm -hmm. And I think faith and God and all that is what has got me through. Um, And just my child's ability to reach the world mm-hmm. she she started that bright and strong mm-hmm. um and she came up so right after covid started we had all the back the blue I and mean, we had all the police everything all the riots
0: oh right right <laughs> that oh, that's right uh people yeah. just to remember yeah. she's close to portland okay that's all i have to say go ahead yeah, yeah. <laughs> just to put that and in we have yeah. so
1: many friends and my 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 sister's the dispatcher for the portland police mm-hmm. she oversees a lot of it um, and we knew, and we've got friends who are Portland police, and so we had this. And she just was struggling. And finally, she said, "We got to do something to let the police know we care." And I'm like, "Well, what are we gonna do?" She thought. She goes, "I just it hurts my heart." And I said, "I know it does. It's really sad." And she goes, "Well, can we make blue hearts?" "Oh, yeah." And I said, what do you want to do with them? And she goes, "Well, let's tell them that they matter." So she started this bright and strong doing heart attacks and a heart attack is when you go and you put hearts on a building that all the policy saying said, we believe in you. We care about you for the police stations. Um, They started off just doing a few. She saw the police were getting their gasoline down at the, you know, pump your own thing down here in town. Right. And so she said, we had to go home. I said, why? She said, just (laughs) go home. Give me some blue hearts. I'm like, okay. We came home and we went back down. She put it on their gas pump. Oh, they came in the middle of the night after a run. They would see somebody saying, hey, you matter. We care about you. We're praying for you. And it's very important to her that she knows she's praying Right. that they're praying for. Right. Right. We've gone to so many police. We've now traveled over 25,000 miles putting these hearts up.
0: Seriously. Out of all over 20, Oregon or or, or where? Mainly? We haven't done all over Oregon. We've done 25 states. <gasps> we've
1: done two Canadian provinces. And she's now planning another trip. Oh. Where we're going to be able to hit probably another fifty police and fire. She's also started doing fire stations because after the fire here. Oh, yeah. Um, I mean, that was, I have to say as a parent, yeah, because we could see the fire from our front yard, right. My sister's house, we watched her camera until the fire came through and took out her power. We are about a third of our friends lost their homes, or everything, right. That was hard. And then when we got the 15-minute notice, you need to evacuate. I mean, we were told we were okay. We're going to be okay. They came through and said, you got 15 minutes, pack up. I'm in a wheelchair. My kid's in a wheelchair. Right. I've got to pack up. Now, somebody who's able, buddy might be able to yeah. do it. Yeah, they could rush
0: minutes. around, push things over, grab things real quick. You know, both well, arms. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah.
1: yeah. yeah. I'm medical supplies. What do I need? You know, it just, it was, and all my kids said, was, mom, can we take red paper? Oh. Why do we need yeah. red paper? Yeah. I mean it's like this you know, what? Yeah. she goes, well, because then when we get wherever we're going, because we there was no hotels in Portland. Oh yeah. Seaside the nearest place we could get for the night.
0: Wow. And That's so amazing.
1: number one, I'm just like watching the because we had the two, we had three fires around our town. We had to go through them to get out. <sighs> and watching the flames from all three fires, watching the smoke roll in and overtake everything and wondering we're stuck in traffic. Are we going to get out of here? I mean, it was just, yeah. How much I gas do you have?
0: And will your gas last? I mean, did you get, you know, you, like you said, you were told everything was fine and then you have 15 minutes. So there were probably a lot of people that didn't gas up the night before. Um, so yeah,
1: well, and it's just, my kids got respiratory issues. I have respiratory oh, issues.
0: Yeah, It was just
1: that, am I doing what's right? And just a lot of praying, but her whole focus was we need to take red paper. We need to make red hearts and we need to put it on the fire department. The first thing she did when we were able to come back to Estacada was, she said, Mom, first thing we're doing, we had to unpack the car. We had to stop at the fire station and put out the red hearts she had made on their trucks and the station and thank them for wow, being there. That's all she wanted to do. That was the
0: first thing she had to do. Now, did yeah. you literally have somebody come and knock on your door and say you need to evacuate? 15 minutes. So did you, know? you, did you say... Um, like what about other people that are in a wheelchair that don't have a wheelchair accessible vehicle? They, they rely on public transportation. What are you doing with them?
1: Um, I, at that point I had contacted a couple of people who were in town who were helping with some evacuations. And I said, what about the seniors? Right. Because my first thing was we're still clear. We can see the fire, but it hasn't jumped that ravine. If we need to go throw somebody in our van, take them. break. Um, while I was gathering stuff up, somebody borrowed my van and took it and got an elderly couple out. The husband's in a wheelchair. Oh. Took them to the evacuation and then brought my van back. Okay. And then, but they were trying to get their kid out and they offered to help. And I was just like, can you can not pack your stuff up yet.
0: Yeah. Yeah.
1: Go get your stuff done. Right. So, um, you yeah, know, we knew if we didn't make it in 15 minutes, we were going to be okay. <sighs> but where we're located, but it was, it was stressful. It was intimidating. and. Right. I I know I would do it different next time Mm. just because I've got the experience. I mean, six years before we had evacuations from a fire, but we can only see the smoke. Okay. There was something about for 24 hours watching the flames and then watching my sister's home and our friends lose everything. And then it was, it was like, it was so real.
0: And I think that's other, the other thing too, that you said was, where do we go? They're like, you have 15 minutes to evacuate. Okay, where am I going? Just out of town, I guess. But then once you get there, how long, how long do I have to be? How long did you have to be away from your home? Um, so we were
1: out what well, we were supposed to be out longer. We stayed out 10 days. Wow. Um, where, where did you find did a place out. to stay? Where did you end up? And that's the thing that people don't think about. Finding a wheelchair accessible room at a yeah. hotel. Yeah our first night we were in one that was they said could accommodate wheelchairs oh my goodness
0: yeah what does that mean i don't mean? know what size yeah. wheelchair yeah
1: much less not to yeah so we had to deal with that but when we came back we were in a hotel that great wheelchair access but they were remodeling the front and you had to come in the back the back had a big steep hill that i couldn't even get up oh but the thing is there was no other you know i could have gone across the mountain but at that point i just wanted to be close to home right i didn't want to be a long ways away i wanted to You buy my house as close as I could. Right. But once we got in the hotel, because I had friends help me get in, I was like, I can't run to the store. No. I can't run and go get food because I can't get back up that hill. Right. It was frustrating that their idea of wheelchair access Mm
0: -hmm.
1: was anything but. Right. And I just wish that hotels, and hotels have this, I don't know if you run into it much, this common thing of if you're in a wheelchair, there's going to be one bed. Mm -hmm. You can't have a family. Right. You mustn't have a family. There's one bed. Mm -hmm. Well, if you have a family, you just need to rent a second room. I don't want to rent a second room.
0: I got a child. I don't want to put her in a different room. Right. Right. Well, and the other thing too that I I remember you mentioning one time is they don't hold that room. They rent those rooms out to, you know, ambulatory people that do not rely on wheelchairs. Um, So you, uh, you, didn't you have a story where you had actually reserved a room and then you got there and they're like, yeah, we're full. You're like, no, no, I have a reservation. And they had, they're, they had put someone in that room and rather than move them, they told you, sorry, uh, we, we, you know, we just, what did they do? Did they actually move those people or what did they end up doing? What they did is they, well, we got there and the lady said, well, you know, we have an ADA room you can have. Uh
1: Okay. I said, it's accessible. And she goes, well, yeah, it's right over there. And I said, how do I get there? And she said, well, just go down that hallway. I said, there's two steps there. She said, well, yeah, just go up the steps.
0: (laughs) You, 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 do you see... Talk about she became visible. Do you see the wheelchairs yeah. right here? Okay. Said, Do me a favor. Give yeah. me a chair.
1: I'll hop out. You hop in my chair and you show me how to wheel up those steps.
0: Yeah. And Excellent. She just looked at me
1: and she goes, "Oh, oh, yeah." Well, the other people didn't want to walk up the steps, so we just <gasps> went ahead and gave them the wheelchair <gasps> room. And I said, "They didn't want to walk if up you two steps? Walk up steps. I would, because yeah. I said that that's a choice you have. Not, I don't have that choice. Right." And my daughter with a 250 pound wheelchair does not have that choice. I'm not picking her up that. Right. And they were just like, no, no. So they said, we could just go to another hotel. Oh, okay. Everything okay. booked. Yeah. It was 200 miles before we found a hotel. <gasps> oh my gosh. You're yeah. practically to Seattle. That's amazing. So it was, you know, we drove for an extra four and a half hours. <gasps> to find a hotel and this was, you know, so it was almost midnight before we got to the hotel and the hotel we got to, I have to say, was absolutely amazing. When mm. they found out what had happened, right. they called the other hotel. And then they didn't charge us that night. Oh, they, let, they did not charge that's
0: us. That's the least they could do. Was it they a were, chain? Were they in the same chain of hotels? Nope, not the same chain or anything. Oh, wow. completely. That's amazing. But they were just amazing. They were so helpful. Yeah. And that's what I
1: find is most people are really, really helpful. Yeah. And a lot of people are honestly, there's a difference between being ignorant and honestly ignorant. And a lot of people are honestly ignorant. I mean, exactly. they mean, well, they're doing it right. They have everything. We went to a hotel in. Oh, up in Washington, outside Spokane. I saw the pictures of the room, fully accessible, absolutely gorgeous, beautiful room. And I go and I check in and I said, okay, so now where's the room? Cause I look out of the lobby and there was steps down. There were steps up. And she said, Oh, it's, down the end of that hallway. So well, how do I get there? And she goes, well, you can go this way or in the end door. And I said, has anybody in a wheelchair ever used that room? And she goes, no. I said, do you know why? <laughs> and she looked at me like, she goes, no, because we've made it fully accessible. I said, what about the steps? And the look on her face was, she's like, I never even noticed that I did those steps. Yeah. Because she did it every day and she just yeah. never noticed. She, then she's like, well, now I know why. Yeah, And they is so apologetic that that chain actually got us a hotel and a hotel room elsewhere. Actually, they yeah. didn't have a hotel room. So they rented us a, um, it was a, like a uh,
0: extended stay or something or. Yeah.
1: It was, a uh, somebody that does the Airbnb. Board yeah. Okay. Airbnb. And, okay. but it was a full house. Whoa. Yeah. And we could get, we could get in on the main floor, and get upstairs, but it had a bedroom and everything. So, and, wow. I mean, they rented it that's for us. amazing. And they, yeah. At a and they were so apologetic, but it was yeah. just, they honestly had never seen the steps.
0: Well, and that's the problem with the parking. It's not that people are mean or selfish or whatever. They don't understand that they're, that, it's not, you know, and I've always said this, I don't have to be close to the front mm-hmm. of the store because I'm pushing a wheelchair. So I put me over here, put me down a little ways, but it, there has to be a difference between, um, I have arthritis or I've, I've got, I've gotten older, you know, my muscles I'm don't pregnant. work the way they were. I'm pregnant. <laughs> yeah. Uh, or even I'm sorry, I'm a veteran and I get offended by the parking places that are for veterans only. I'm like, uh, what it, exactly, what does that mean? I mean, let's push that a little, meaning a little bit for the disabled veterans or just veterans or, you know, yeah. So it's like, I can't get out of my car, you know, so mm-hmm. I don't have an option. I have to drive around and drive around, but it's, you know, it, it is, it is not, like you say, it isn't malice. It's really just not understanding the depth of the word disabled or the word handicapped. It, it, it's not it just You know, it's not just one thing. So that's, that's. uh,
1: Well, people don't understand that that stripe zone is so that we can get our lift out. It's not there because we want extra space. You needed a place to put your cart after you got in. Yeah. Yeah. And it's, it's that frustration. I used to park when it was just me out and then just wheel across, but I got hit twice by cars because in a wheelchair, you're the height of a a three-year-old, four-year-old. That's true. Yeah, that's true. Cars backing up don't see you. That's exactly, yeah. I was like
0: especially as as the higher windows, but... yeah the higher SUVs I yeah, I right. actually you know I almost backed into a lady that was I was in a SUV so I'm up high and she's in this little little car and I honestly I'm looking around I didn't even see yeah. her so you're absolutely right that's true yeah, yeah. everybody says well, put a flag
1: on and I was like yeah. do you put a flag on your top do you put a flag on your 3 year 5 year would you yeah. put a flag on your grandmother I mean yeah, yeah. where when does that become ex- acceptable to say put a flag on versus oh then yeah. let's do this. I right. mean, we shouldn't have to stand out. We want to stand up and make a difference. We don't want to have to stand out and be an object. Right. And that's getting people to see if we're requesting this, not because we're being selfish and we want front row. Right. I've always said, you've got the parking across the whole front of a store. I don't care if you put me at the very last spot in the exactly. front of the
0: store. Just give me a place let to park. Well, let, yeah. let
1: me get my lift out and let me get my child out safe. Right. Right. No and these people who put the curb put the parking next to a curb my lift from under my car can't go out next to a curb
0: it hits it Yeah you know I Oregon is actually I mean Oregon actually has places that say four wheelchairs only Arizona has the weirdest they put the they put the the stripes on the left side of the car and I'm like Okay, yes. I guess that would work if you were the driver and you were, mm-hmm. like you said, you were able to lift your chair and then you were getting yourself out, you know, if you're completely solo. Um, but I've seen those more than the ramps on the right, which all accessible vehicles will put the door on the right. Um, that's been the most confusing. It's like I am, or the, the you know, the little stripe is like four feet wide. And I'm like, who's that for? I'm so confused, you know. Uh, it's very yeah. weird. State by I wish that was something that would be a federal National law that would just you know go into effect where these are wheelchair only, different color, different color placard, Mm -hmm. you know something like that. But um, yeah, that's another issue, and it it makes such a difference because when
1: I went to the school, because the school when we when bright went to the high school, I mean our school was built in fifty four. Yeah, it doesn't have.
0: They didn't have handicapped children in nineteen
1: fifty four. No, they didn't. Yeah, that was when polio hit. Yeah, (laughs) but it was. I, know, I went to the principal we had at the time who I wish they could clone him, put him in every mm-hmm. school. I went to him and I said, okay, I've got to park my van to get my kid out to get her into school. Right. Two yeah. problems. One, there's not a striped zone wide enough. Because the one spot that had a striped zone wide enough, they made for the SRO. So the police car parks Oh, uh, Oh, okay. That's kind of a conflict of... I was like, no, wait a minute. And I talked to the SRO. So and he's he swap (laughs) signed. He he was funny. The school's like, well, no. And it's like, no, he's like, I don't need a I don't need a stripe zone. Let me get my wrench. (laughs) I can fix this. But it was then up with the principal and I said, there's two problems. One, I can't get my lift out. Two, you got parents using that as a drop-off zone. Stripe zones are drop-off zones. That doesn't work. Three, there is no crosswalk from handicap to the front door. And Mm. the bus is parked in front of the rent. Yes. Yes. And he just looked at me and he goes. They won't do any of that tomorrow. And he stood out there the next day, made sure everybody didn't do it. He got maintenance on it the next night. They painted a crosswalk. They, I mean, he, everything. Yeah. It was, I could drop my child off as a high schooler and let her go in by herself, just like every high schooler should. Oh. But until they did that, we couldn't.
0: Exactly. They had a
1: power door, and he's like, why don't we have more power doors? They, It's an old school. It's got turn knobs. She can't do those. Right. We bought those snap-on lever handles. They right. just go over any knob. Put them on. Wow. She so could open. He couldn't afford to do the whole school, but he did the room she was going to be in.
0: Yeah. And
1: it's those little things like if can yeah. I open my door? Yeah. Can right. I reach the water bottle filling station? Right. Things that her peers are doing. Right. And for kids, the more that's normal. And then, you know, people would say, Well, why don't you get her this adaptive device? And I said, I want you to go carry a rock. Just, just get a big boulder and carry it for no reason every day. Right. Just right. just do it. You know, see if it makes anybody stare at you. Right. And it's like, if she can use what's there every day. Right. It's going to be there in the real world. She can feel part of the real world.
0: Exactly. If she
1: has exactly. to do it, something different, carry something different to fit in their world, she's never going to feel that she's a part of it. Right. And the school adopted that. And they, her culinary teacher went above and beyond for her to have a kitchen. She could do everything in.
0: Well, she not only that, but I like that point that you made. It's like, look, the, I'm already rolling through life. So I stand out you know, and, and Brighton has physical attributes that, that stand out. You know, my son has attributes that stand out. So they're already standing out. We don't need to stand out anymore, but they, because they want to be, they want to blend in with society. They want to blend in with their peers. And so they've already got two or three check marks against them. So let's do everything, you know, that we can to make them fit in and not be such a, a visual, you know, unique sight. So that's, Now, what I hear is a person who serves her community. What does Terrell do to serve Terrell that gives you the strength to be able to do this? What do you do for self-care?
1: You know, I, for me, it's, it sounds crazy, but I have a job that is for me. It's for my mental health. It's for, I love doing it. It challenges me. I, you know, my boss thinks I'm crazy, but. There's a certain part of my job that I say, give that to me, but the rest of the team over there, give me that. I love doing that part. And there she's like, well, for? I mean, nobody else wants to sit and do that for hours, yeah. but it's relaxing. I sit and I play my Christian music, drink my tea, four o'clock in the morning. That's what I do. And it just, it's me time. So you work, you work from home. You work from home. I work from home.
0: Okay. So amazing. my boss is awesome. And you're doing uh, computer work. Yes. Okay. And uh, how did yeah. you find that job? Um actually my niece
1: started a company for a business that was needed for um the court system mm. and it's um she does the medical review and medical chronic and medical research. Oh and she just needed people to go through like somebody 78 years old, you go through every one of their medical files from the time they were born through just uh oh. and I love it. Yeah. I love it's like it's like a some of the cases you get on, it's like, you're trying to solve a case that there's like one, we had 10,000 people affected with a disease that there's usually is only maybe two or three in the, a year. Right. In the whole world. And it was in one town. And what's, you know, what caused it? And it was so fun getting to do that. Except it was like reading a bad novel, because by the time you get to the 1500 person and you see all the symptoms the doctors aren't getting, and you're just kind of like going with the Hallmark movie, you know how it was going to end, but yeah. Yeah.
0: Yeah. yeah. Wow. Yeah.
1: But it, I love it. And, it's relaxing to me and I get to know these people just through their file and who they are. And, you know, it just, I love it. I I feel like I have a voice for them because I do I'm putting things down to be their voice.
0: I I love that you, you know, like you said that you put on your music and which drowns out the rest of the world and Mm. that you, that you, I don't think, and, and just as you mentioned, people talk about, um, if they if they have a Christian faith and they talk about the works that Jesus did, they don't talk about the time that Jesus had to take for for uh, solidarity. They ha- he had to have some alone time to renew and to serve other people. He he even had to have time. I got to get away. I've got to have some time to regroup, to think, to pray, or whatever. Mm-hmm. And people forget to talk about that because this constant go, 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 service, 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 you can't do that for very long before you start breaking down. So just yeah. even putting on headphones, drowning out the, the other noise that's going on and then doing something that you love uh, mm-hmm. is so important. And I, I just can't stress that enough. Not, and it, it can never be looked at as a selfish a, a act. It has to be looked at as self-care, as yeah. health, that you need to do this for your health. So I love that you do that.
1: You know, and prior to being the single mom and, you know, we're be- we don't have a care provider right now. So I'm 24-7, 365, no break. Especially with the COVID stuff and the kids yes. all from
0: school. Was COVID a big part of that? Losing no. the uh, nursing yeah. and caregiving? Well, it was. I had, well, I had
1: one who was absolutely amazing. And how dare she grow up and go to college? I know. The nerve.
0: Well, she... Fall in love and get married? Right. How well, dare you have a life? Yeah. You know? <laughs> yeah. Yep.
1: And then I had another one who was so awesome, who then decided that, I mean, she was married and decided to have a kid.
0: Yeah. That's what happened. Like, to how my... dare you want to yeah. be a mom? Yeah. <laughs>
1: And then another one that there was just a lot of things that it just wasn't healthy. Right. And somebody can be really, really, really good. And that doesn't make a relationship with your child and them healthy. Yeah. And so since first of December, it's just been me and. Yeah. Brighton's an amazing kid and she's not because we have a routine. She's not a hard kid, right. but she doesn't. Sleep. Yeah. So you're up most of the time at night. And so mm-hmm. by the time you get into like the fourth month of it, you're like, yeah, and, you know, because prior to when I had free time, I would, I love to go take, go up the mountain and take photos. I mean, Brighton's an amazing photographer, so I didn't even oh, show sure mine. Yeah. I love to just go take, I have so many photos of the area upriver before the fire and then photos oh, since the fire. Right. And that recovery and photos of just people and different things. And just, I love to just go out and get pictures. And that's right. one thing with the van is it's Brighton's a photographer. Brighton loves road trips. She loves to explore and I mean, you know, with our old van, what it was like. And many times we would just get stranded in the middle of nowhere. And right. So we made the scary. best of it. I mean, we would take pictures out the window because we usually were trapped in the van. Right. But we'd take pictures. We would find something positive, but that didn't make it.
0: Right. It didn't get you healthy. Home. Because, yeah. Yeah.
1: you know, when it was 90 degrees out you can't even roll the windows down because everything quit, you know, it was like not working. Right. But right. we, having the van, I can take, she wants to go practice her road racing upriver. I can take her racing chair, my chair, her manual chair, her power chair. Um, when we went to, to Canada, uh, I just haven't get a my van. I should have taken a picture. I had my mom's scooter, oh, my mom's walker. I had my daughter's racing chair, my daughter's manual chair, my daughter's power chair, and then her little on-the-ground car that can't tip out in the farm. Mm-hmm. My chair, spare tires for things, and then everything else for a 30-day trip. Yeah. Okay. And the hand held it. Oh my gosh. That's, <laughs> That's amazing. It's such a blessing because yeah. we we were able to also take medical supplies to a family that couldn't get them and drop them off there. And it just, it's given us, it's given us wings. We, When, when we're called to serve, we can do it. And, you know, it's like I was looking at a list of some of the things we've done and gone. I mean, it's always felt really good. We had the family who didn't have a way to get their 99 year old mother to her own hundredth birthday party. Oh. And they called and they said, somebody had given them my name and I had never met the lady and she calls me and I said, yeah, I'll go pick her up. And I thought i get a sitter for Brighton. Go do it. And Brighton said, I'm going to take her. So Aww. Brighton went along. And yeah. we put her in the car. And we, we gave her the one thing the lady said. She says, was her hundred birthday. And she said, I have one thing I need to see. Do you mind? And I said, where is it? So we took a little detour to go by and see the home where her parents lived. Oh, built into something else, but the property and then go down to be dropped off to, she didn't know she was going to a Oh,
0: okay. Okay. So she, she was like, her.
1: yeah. So we got to deliver her to the surprise party with the balloons and everybody there. And
0: yeah. then we picked her up that night. That's so important because people talk about isolation and, you know, as you age and you have to give up your driver's license, you have to give up your car People kind of have acknowledged that part of isolation for her to just want to drive by and see her old home is something we just take advantage of. We don't think about it, but that was everything, you know, to her. And it is one of, I, I, uh, I don't know. I just wish that I could make it more known that you could have the most tricked out wheelchair. It could be the most scientifically you know, uh, advanced technology, it could get up and walk for you. What all these things they're coming out with? If you don't have a vehicle that that'll take that you're still stuck at home. Uh, so it's, it's just so important for people to understand. And I wish, I wish there was a way we could get that through, but somehow it doesn't seem to be, uh, I I just can't get people to acknowledge that it's important. It's so funny because I'll talk to people about our nonprofit and and they're like, yeah, you know, we already give to the, um, you know, American Heart Association, and I'm like, I know, and that's good, but you know, but let me tell you, it is so frustrating. But yeah. if we didn't have a van,
1: and they say take medical transport, yeah, with our van, I can get her to the doctor's office in an hour, right? Medical transport. If she has a 10 a.m. appointment, they pick us up at 6 a.m. Yeah. They get yeah. us here at 10, but they can't pick us up till four. Yeah, exactly. tomorrow, 12 hours for a five minute appointment. Right. And then sometimes they just can't get back to pick you up. And then they'll let you know at like six o'clock saying, we can't get there. Yeah.
0: I, uh, we had a, we had, had a guy. Who, yeah. We had a guy whose mom and sister sat at a bus stop for four hours because they just, they're like, yeah, we're, we're not going out there. And he finally had to go and get them. And it was dark at a bus stop, two mm-hmm. women. At a bus stop. It it, it absolutely blows my mind. It's so frightening. Yeah. Well, my
1: kid could not have done track because the school, I don't care what school bus you have, you can't call her racing chair, her manual chair, and get her power chair. Right. It's just impossible. Right. Plus, then you have to deal with transferring her, and because she's fragile enough, they hit a bump, she's going to break. So, I need the custom van. Right. It's let her to track. I mean, our, and because of where we live, our district is down to Brookings, which is a five hour, five and a half hour drive. It's out throughout to Pendleton. Wow. So we aren't, we aren't like Portland where you're in the district. Right. We right. Are, because we are in the smallest district in the state because our high school only has 420 kids mm-hmm. for four years. So it's, it's small, you know, yeah. we're a small district and yeah. so we have to travel to small districts. Right. That wheelchair van has let us travel there, but it's right. also let me take her to meet other people. She has such a rare disorder. There was one other person who's had it. And they passed away at 19 months. But oh. there's a few other people who have very severe OI that's right. so, well, pretty present similar to hers. Okay. And we've been able to go meet them and she can see them and she be with people. See,
0: she can see can. somebody that looks like her, that has the same story. And that's so important, that's so and adults important. that are thriving, right, oh, because to give her hope
1: really saying well, you're you're not going to be able to, you're not going to be able to, and that's I get it. they have an i e p where they're supposed to look at what the kids can't do, right, that's all the kids here, and you go to the doctors, they can't give you hope because then it's malpractice, so they
0: give you all the so they get negatives, every right. day. And, and can and you imagine if we were all if every day people were saying, yeah, I don't know." uh, maybe another year. I don't know. We'll just have to see. Can you imagine if every person had a timeline every day that was, we'd all be like, all right, give me the Doritos. I'm just going to watch Netflix all day. Why bother? You know, you've got to have some hope. Somebody has to model your future a little bit. Yeah. So, and so for her to
1: see these other people on wheels, yep. driving, enjoying life. And she's we ran into one guy that I tried to get a hold of, but I could never get a hold of. I had heard about him. So, you know, it's the network, you hear about somebody. Right. She can't we were in Disney World, and this guy comes wheeling by and bright and just lit up. And she was having a rough day. She yeah. had broken her femur the day before. Oh, gosh. So, it she's feeling miserable, and she just was like, I really want to see all this, but I'm hurting. Right. And then she sees him. She bolted. And she goes up to me. and she says, do you have OI? Uh-huh. And he says, yeah. And she goes, do you have OI type two and three? <laughs> and I mean, Brighton's like a more severe, but two, three is kind of yeah. Two, three. And he goes, yeah. She goes, it's so nice to meet you. And Aww. they talk. Brighton is not a big conversation person. Right. They talked for almost an hour. Finding out what is he doing because he's in college. And he still is with his parents because trying to find a dorm that's accessible. Yeah. Yeah. Somebody to help him at college is right. reliable. And you know, then when there's ice on the sidewalks, they oh they, they shovel it wide enough for you to walk, but that's not wide enough for a wheelchair.
0: No, yeah. And, and even if might. they made that little path, you gotta go around them or somebody's gotta go around you and uh there's somebody or they put all
1: the snow in the stripe zone. It's like yeah. all <laughs> the fun darn but stripe zone he still talks about the fact that he was there and he wasn't afraid to do the rights. He wasn't afraid things that she wasn't sure about doing, and right. he said, Don't do this one because it's kind of it's real hard on my body, but you'll probably like this one because oh. everybody start, but it's not. And he gave her all these tips that Simple. empowered her. Yeah. To then make because I can tell her what they're like, but I don't know on her
0: OI body. Yeah. Yeah. And I'm mom, so what do I know? But yeah, it's a whole, that's a given. Yeah. <laughs> She's the, still a teenager, people. Just remember yes. that.
1: <laughs> and she yeah. trusts me a lot, but sometimes it's kind of like, well, you wouldn't know, mom. And it's like, well, no, I wouldn't, but yeah. here's my thoughts. Yeah. But, you know, it gave her that insight i couldn't give her right and that's so empowering and have we not had the van she could not have gotten that because she's carried that on and made a friend that she stays in touch with oh because she wanted to go to an exhibit that we he was traveling It was here in town mm. and she knew he had done it because she'd oh. seen on facebook oh so she asked him was it good to go to for a chair and he told her don't pay oh everything is above your head all the railings are right at wheelchair height oh my god and the, the places where you could walk in right. to go see things had a turnstile thing in the middle. You can go through. Oh my so god! You looked at everything from a distance, right. but you paid the full price to go in and have the interaction. And he said, don't go,
0: uh, but
1: we wouldn't have known that. Right. Right. And it was her having that. And then it's also a resource for her. Yeah. Cause she had to get a new back brace and nobody knows how to make it. And she messaged him and said, what do you wear?
0: Yeah. Where did you get yours? Yeah. Yeah,
1: sent a picture of his and then the person here made one like it. So it's just like that's I can't amazing. That. That, that van is why we went and met that person. Right, right.
0: Yeah.
1: And on her well, heart attack, it, you know, it, it's yeah. making her see yeah. the importance that the difference she's making. Right. Um, we were at one police station, we were putting the hearts up, and I'll never forget these officers were filthy. They were they had been doing something, iron, didn't know what at the time. Right. Got out of their cars, just you could see they were just totally beat down. And the guy in the front walks up and he read the first heart on the building and he collapsed and just started crying.
0: Oh my gosh!
1: And I was like, okay, you know, it's like you don't know if somebody will be. Right. And then another officer came up and read it and sat next to him, put his arm around that one, and they just balled together. Oh. And finally, the one guy got it together and he stood up and he, without a word, gave Brighton the big hug. And Brighton's going, "Be careful! Oh yeah, don't don't touch! Yeah.
0: yeah. Oh gosh. He was a big
1: hug and he goes, "He says you don't understand." We were just on a manhunt for a guy who had killed his wife and child,
0: <gasps>
1: and then he killed himself. We couldn't even save him. Oh. We had come back with nothing, right? So we didn't save anybody. We didn't help anybody, and they had been out all night before they found and With just, they were just defeated. Yeah. And then they saw. He said, "This is why we do this. Right. This is what we're here for." He said, right. "We can now go out on the next call after we get showers." Oh. He said, "We can go do this now." He said, yeah. "This is, Have we not seen this when we came in?" He said, we were all saying, we just need to go home. We just can't do this.
0: Terrell, that, yeah, that, that to me encompasses everything that this podcast is about. It's rather than shrinking into your whatever, however, whatever system has put you in in a mindset that you don't have value or that you're, or that you have a, you have a purpose, but your purpose is to stand behind or to um, just, you know, be silent or whatever, whatever system has made you think you don't have any voice. Your story of what that little tiny baby girl, what's she's 18. She graduated from high school. What size does she wear? Um, she's uh, well, she's 38 inches tall.
1: So she's the size of a three-year-old. Um, she wears, she's currently now wearing those size, Four to six X, uh, four or six pants, little little kid. Yeah, yeah. She uh, still used medium shirts. yes
0: yeah. I just want people to get a grip of, of how tiny she is, and and yet what she's doing. Talk about the tiny, you know, and what and that little bit that she does to serve. And and you, I bet you, I could walk around Estacada, and they would know who Brighton is. And because she's made herself visible, but not. In a way that's like poor me, poor me. But I'm going to serve my community, and that's how I know my worth and my value, and I will be recognized for my love of humanity. It's just um, I I can't thank you enough for sharing your stories with me today. And I I just know that you know um, one of the great things about uh, about having a child with a disability is it does open up your eyes to what you took advantage of. I remember walking down the Pearl district in Portland and when they, the ADA first started to, you know, redo the, the curbs and start making stores mandatory that they open up their aisles and that they make a door somewhere. You have to make it accessible for everyone. They even back in the old days, I know this will be hard for people to believe, but they had telephone booths. They lowered the telephone booths for people. Never even... Uh, I never. Yeah. Went well, that one little, I,
1: was, yeah. I don't know how many times I sat outside one I'm going, yeah, I can reach it, but yeah. I can't get into each yeah, exactly. <laughs>
0: Well, it was a step. It was a first step, but it was, no, right. but I would have never ever thought of that when I was walking down, going to the store, walking out, walking around their Christmas decorations. They set out baskets all over the aisles. You couldn't even get through, you know, mm-hmm. and now I take, I take my son shopping and I'll, and, uh, and it makes you pretty, it does make you a little bit more assertive because you get into these stairs and you're like, excuse me, uh, you're going to have to move those little baskets of towels in that cute little wood grouping you have there because i can't get through you know and because of ADA because of those those people that pushed that through that made people listen to their voices we are are receiving the benefits of having those voices those people who weren't quiet who stood up and and you know like i said uh, everybody always talks about Terry Hoyt and how he used to push his son in those marathons and he has a statue and he's t- they talk about mm-hmm. the Hoyt you know Nobody talks about where was mom? Where was mom? And Judy Hoyt is the one... Back East, who got the inclusion program going. That benefited my life. The only thing that that marathon thing did was make me feel guilty because people would come up to me all the time and go, you know, there's this guy that runs with this kid in a Like, I just got through doing a 5K, and I'm like, I could barely get me across the line, okay? Don't make me feel guilty that I didn't push a 150-pound wheelchair and a 100-pound child at the same time, you know? I'm doing Iron Man. Yeah, there you go. But, uh, yeah, but she... She gave my child life. She gave my child a social atmosphere. So it's just amazing. I, I wish I could do... Um, she's hard. You Google Judy Hoyt, and you have a hard time finding information about her. Yeah. Um, oh, and
1: he, he was so vocal that his son was the one that drove everything. His right. son pushed him to do it. Right. His son, nonverbal, right, without saying a word, was able to tell everything. And many times he said, I, I want to quit. I can do another one. And his son... Would convince him that no, he could. I want to he, do this. Yeah. And a nonverbal child yeah made a difference to push the dad, to push the mom then to do things without that child, there would not be this. And people like dad did this and the mom did this. And I'm like, that kid had he not used the voice he That's had right. without saying a word. That's right. It never would have happened. And That's it's right. to me, these kids can do so much without saying a word. That's it, right. It just blows me away. And people yeah. are like, yeah, but you're nonverbal. And I'm like, that doesn't mean they're not talking.
0: <laughs> I love it. I love it. I love it. That's perfect. It's true. And yeah. it's so important.
1: You know, my kid has a thing that she lives by, and I know you've seen it before, but she came up with a saying years ago that said, it only takes one person to make a difference. I am one person. Yeah. That's all you need. That's all you and, and need. It reminds yeah. her that, okay, that needs done. I may not be able to do it, but I'm one person and I can talk to others and get it done. Right. I have the power to start. like You know, we've talked about the snowball. You can, you know, sit there with the snowball and go, "Wow, I wish it was bigger." Right. But if you could give it a push, or you it's push it not going to grow.
0: Well, and the thing—that's the thing. It's like people outside of Estacada, uh, people outside of Oregon may may not have heard of Brighton, but that those police officers that changed their life, and it, it does. It only takes one person to make a difference. And
1: well, you know, and it's she's known all around the. In fact, we were in Louisiana. Our last road trip, road yeah. trip, doing heart. That's all she wanted for her high school graduation. Yeah. Take me on not a road trip. Nothing to yeah. take a road trip. Yeah, across the country and right. put heart attacks and oh. do heart attacks on police, fire, and veterans. Oh, Memorial that's amazing! To remind people they're not forgotten. That's all she wanted. Yeah, what senior wants to take their senior road trip? Yeah, senior, and That's what she wanted. Yeah, we're in Louisiana, yeah. and we had been doing hearts across the country. I got pulled over. Ooh. Like I'm not speeding. Yeah, I'm not doing. Well, on the back of the van i have the bright and strong
0: oh.
1: police officer comes up to me and he goes is Brighton in here no yeah yeah he goes okay just a second goes back and comes back and he peels the patch off his uniform and gives it oh <gasps> oh my god You are one of us yeah he said you have made a difference to all of us so when you help one of us you help us all and apparently it's across the country the police yeah. know and so everybody in the police and fire that got one on her 18th birthday, she was struggling. She said, Mom, I'm just not sure if I matter. I mean, what if, if I die, would I matter? Would oh. I matter? And I said, you would. Well, I'd put out there to my friends that, hey, no. you know, she's struggling right now. She's right. turning 18. She doesn't want to be an adult. Right. Because it's so confusing. And you know what transferring medical care for adults is like. Right. And she was scared. So a bunch of my friends sent cards. And I surprised her with going to Disney for her 18th birthday because that's right. her safe place. And I had just putting all the cards into a, a bag. I haven't even looked at them. Let me get down there. She had over 60 cards from police stations around the country. Oh my gosh. Places we had never been, but with stories about how it impacted them and the places where she had been, about stories. Most of them sent patches. We have her prayer board, which supports the other side of the word. This guy patches all the way around it. It was just like I was in tears reading their messages. Some of them were so heartbreaking about the one lady who had said she had quit. She had quit the day before, police officer. And then her friends called her in just to see the building. They yeah. sent her a picture and said, you got to come see this. And she came in and she saw it. and she said, she realized she couldn't quit, wow. but she needed to be there
0: for the kids. So if they get on bright and strong, is that a, uh, uh, dot com? Well, what, how do they find her?
1: Um, it's on Facebook, Facebook. And it's bright and strong, all one word.
0: Okay. B-R-Y-T-O-N. Um, just- B-R-Y-T-O-N?
1: No, E-N, B-R-Y-T-E-N.
0: Okay. Bright and strong, yeah. one word, Facebook. Okay. And, um,
1: the picture is her in her yellow outfit. That's okay. Her thing. okay. But, you know, she does things like she's got these little card, blessing cards. Yeah. And she sees somebody, she hands it to him. And what the card says is, hey, I see you. You matter. I care about you. You, because you're here, somebody's having a better day. Yeah. You know, ah. you are valuable. You're important. And it's like, she's it, And her big thing is she doesn't want to handle it to people in the suits and rich people and famous. She doesn't want to handle it. She's not no. interested in them. No. Homeless people, she wants to make sure they all get one. Janitors, she sees people cleaning anything up, like in the rest areas. Yeah. She gives them one. And thanks. And then she prays. And police, everybody she meets, she prays with them before she leaves. Oh and the reception of people for my kid to go up to them. She saw a lady in a police shirt, police dispatch shirt, on the street in one of the small towns in Oregon. And my kid is like, I'm sometimes scared, but she races that chair oh. right up in front of the lady. to stop her, and I'm just like, she was, How'd she doesn't tell me what she did. You're rolling, trying to catch up with her. It's like, wait, yeah. wait. And she the lady and she goes, you're not okay. And I'm like, my kid from across the street saw this lady and went across. She you're not okay. And the lady, see
0: her face. and I looked up,
1: the lady had tear-stained eyes. And Brighton yeah. goes, I need to pray for you. Oh. She goes, I need to pray for you. And she goes, what else can I do? And the lady just sat down on the curb and she was crying. And my kid prayed with her. And my kid's like, mom, go to the go to the car, go to the car, get because I always keep water in the car. Okay. Go to the car, get her some water. So I like I went car. She goes, No, mom, get her a snack too. And I'm like, oh.
0: <laughs> okay. Jay <laughs>
1: she sat there and she talked to this lady oh, for probably a half hour wow. and then finally got her laughing and yeah. then started talking to her about, Hey, Disney, do you like Disney, Disney characters? And she's telling her, You know, when you're having a hard day, sometimes you just got to stop and think, Disney. Yeah. Think, yeah. think of what you'll find your happy place. Yeah. Go in the bathroom, sit in your happy place in your head. Because I bet she goes, Well, the bathroom's not my happy place, but at least there's nobody else in there. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But, you know, she just, and this, the lady's, with a big smile and walked off and I'm like, my kid just went to a random stranger a block right, away. Right. That she was having it's like, how many of
0: us have the courage to go no. up to somebody and just pray? No. I know. I mean, Sometimes I see people, you know, yeah. they'll have a, a an adult child in a in a some kind of like an adult stroller or something like that. And so I'll see them and I think, Oh, should I stop? I don't want to bother them. I bet they get so tired of people, you know, bothering yeah. them and and uh and I've been stopped and most of the time it doesn't bother me. The only time it's ever bothered me is when it's like, look, I got 15 minutes to get my grocery shopping done. And you're like, I don't want to start at the beginning. Well, it was a dark and dreary night. You know, so you tell your whole star- life story, but, um, most of the time it's been amazing, but I hold back. I don't, I don't want to approach people cause I'm so afraid of, of, of that. So that's amazing. Well, I yeah. got to go. You've okay. been amazing. I can't believe what you and your daughter do and the constant service that you do. I just, It gets me every single time I I read your posts, I'm just like, okay, dang it. You need to, you need to do more. You need to let this known. And I just need to be more grateful.
1: And you do so much. I mean, I look at, had it not been for you, we could not do what we're doing. Had it not been for you, Michelle couldn't do the things. All these other people, it hadn't been for you, could not be doing what they're doing. You are such a catalyst. And such a key part. Oh, thank because you without so you, much. and it's like, you know, we say that our band, the Steelman, was the key to our life because right. without that key, we'd be saying, no, that key, we can do this. And we live by the the saying of aspire to inspire before you expire.
0: Oh, I love it. Yeah. Got it. Now it. I have to embroider another pillow. <laughs> You're full of them. I mean, it's just one of those, it's like, have a goal. Yeah. But yeah. don't keep it to yourself. Don't keep it to yourself.
1: Become share visible, it. share it.
0: I love it. Yeah. I love
1: be, it. Be visible. You don't have to be vocal to be visible. No. Just be
0: there. Just be there. Like I love sometimes it.
1: Sometimes picking up a piece of trash and throw it away so the gender doesn't have to will bring them
0: to tears. I mean, yeah, it's not hard to make a difference. No. I, I appreciate that. I appreciate that yeah. so much. Thank you so much. Thank Hope you. to see you again. You know, I. I it gets hot in Arizona, but um, like I said, we do have a, a swimming pool with a lift. So if you ever get tired of that 30 degrees, you know, head south.
1: I know. It's still snowing. It's just Yeah. A- uh, yeah, I need to talk with you because we're, she's already planned on another road trip for okay July, August, which All I'm right. thinking I don't like July, August road trips are so
0: hot. But. Probably not the place you want to be in July and August, but like I said, we do have air conditioning. Got a pool. So.
1: I, come on, we were in Death Valley in July and August. So. Okay, there you go.
0: Sounds <laughs> we're, great. We're,
1: she wants to go do heart attacks and you know what? It'd be oh. fun to come down there and heart attack your community. too.
0: Yeah, that I would love that. All right. Love you, Thank Cheryl. You. Right, take yeah, care. care. Talk Thank to you, you again. Okay, right. bye-bye. Bye-bye. Oh my gosh, you guys, is that not the most inspiring thing you've, okay. If you guys are like me, you're all sitting there going, Oh, I'm a, I'm a bum. I'm just a bum. I, I haven't done my, my share of love and sharing today, but you know what? I love the message that Brighton is giving, which is you can be visible. You can make a difference. You can become you can become um, a, a light or, or in someone else's life with the simplest thing, just showing them that you care. So I love the message that she had. And you know what? It's uh, nobody wants to be invisible. And sometimes we have to be the ones that do the work to make ourselves uh, to, we have to get out there. We have to make ourselves become visible. All right. Join me next week. I have another fabulous guest. Talk to you later. Bye-bye. Bye-bye.